You know, last week we kicked off 2023 by examining some ways that three men in the Bible made a determined walk with God. You may remember we looked at Enoch's walk of influence. We looked at Noah's walk of obedience. And we also looked at Abraham's walk of faith. And we concluded that if we're going to make a difference in 2023, if we're going to walk with God like these men walked with God, then there's probably some things in our life that we need to do a little differently, especially in the coming year. Someone once said that sitting in a church doesn't make you a Christian any more than sitting in a garage makes you a car. Amen. And I believe that the Apostle John would agree with that statement. Because in 1 John, this disciple whom Jesus loved takes an either or approach to this subject of walking with God. He says it's either this or it's that. Either you know God and you're walking with Him, you know God and your life reveals it, or you don't. It's either that or not. So to John, walking with God was pretty cut and dry. Walking with God to the Apostle John was kind of black or white. There was not much gray area there. You either do or you don't. You see, John didn't want Christians thinking that it was okay to live a life uh, inconsistent with the Word of God and them still think that they're walking with God. Because if you're not walking consistent with the Word of God, then you're not walking with God in your life. John wasn't trying to be legalistic or anything. No, he just didn't want Christians to be deceived. And he says so much when he gives the reason why he writes this book of 1 John, this letter of 1 John. In chapter 5, verse 13, here's what he says. These things I have written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, that you may know, y'all say no, that you may know that you have eternal life and that you may continue, continue to believe in the name of the only Son of God, that you may continue to walk, if you will, with God, the Father of the Son. You see, God doesn't wanting, want us hoping or wishing that we're a Christian. God wants us to know that we are a believer and to know that we are walking with Him and that we have eternal life. He wants us to know. So today, 1 John gives us five questions and their answers that will help us to determine whether you or I are truly walking with God or not. The first question is this. Am I walking with God by faith in Jesus Christ? In 1 John chapter 5, in the first verse, John writes very clearly and succinctly, he says... Whoever believes 
Jesus is the Christ is born of God. Whoever believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. So the first way that you, that I can evaluate our walk with God is to ask the question, do I believe? Do I believe that Jesus is the Christ? Do I believe that Jesus is the Savior? Do I believe that Jesus is the promised Messiah of God? You see, you can't be a Christian without it. You can't be a Christian without faith. You can't be a Christian unless you do believe that Jesus is the Savior whom the angel told Joseph will save his people from their sins. You see, we don't become Christians by just going to church. We don't become Christians just by praising God's name and worshiping the Lord and serving and giving or teaching. No, we only become Christians. We only walk with God if we believe that Jesus is the promised Son of God. If you don't get past step one, you can't get through to the rest of the questions. But the question begs to be asked this. What specifically does it mean to believe in Jesus? Well, it means several things. The first of which is, it means to believe that Christ pre-existed with the Father. You see, in Colossians chapter 1 verse 15, the Bible says that Jesus is the image of the invisible God. He is God. Number two, believing in Jesus also means to believe that Christ came in the flesh. In 1 John 4, 2, the Bible says that every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is of God. Number three, believing in Jesus also means to believe that Christ is fully God. He's all God. In Colossians 1, 16, the Bible says, For by Him, by Jesus, all things were created in heaven and on earth. But believing also means to believe that Christ was not only fully God, that he was also fully human. John, Jesus said in John's gospel, chapter 6, I am the living bread which came down from heaven. My flesh, only humans have flesh. My flesh, he said, I will give for the life of the world. And finally, believing in Jesus means to believe that Jesus is eternal. At the conclusion of Mark chapter 16 in verse 19, Mark writes this. He says, after the Lord spoke to his disciples, he was received up into heaven. Well, listen to this. He sat down at the right hand of God. He sat down at the right hand of our eternal God. Now, as I go through those five reasons why we should believe in the Christ i got to ask myself this question. Do I understand all these things about the Christ? i got to confess to you. That stuff is like so far over my finite mind, I can't even comprehend it. But the point is this. The point is not whether I can comprehend it. The point is, do I believe it? And I choose to believe it because it's the word of God. John wrote at the conclusion of his gospel, these things are written that you may believe. 
That you may believe that Jesus is the Christ. That Jesus is the Son of God. And that by believing, you may have life. Life eternal in His name. Friend, are you walking with God by faith in Jesus Christ and Him alone? That's the first question that you need to ask if you're going to determine if you're walking with God this year. But there's another question I want to pose to you. To help us determine if we're walking with God, I have to ask myself, am I walking with God in righteousness? Am I walking with God in righteousness? Back to 1 John in chapter 2, verse 29. Again, the either or John, right? It's either you are or you're not. It's black or white. Either or John says this. If you know that he is righteous, you know that everyone who practices righteousness is born of him. In other words, if you know that God is perfect, if you know that he is righteous, you know that everyone who walks in righteousness is born of God. You know, it's really easy to say something. But it's a whole other subject altogether to do what we say. What either or John is saying here is that if we only talk about the righteousness of God, but we don't practice the righteousness of God in our life, we are not Christians. Somebody say amen. You see, friend, we don't become Christians by doing good works. But once we become Christians, we are going to be doing some good works. Somebody say amen. Here's the deal, y'all. Often, when people become Christians, they stop doing some kind of unrighteous behavior. And you got to wonder, well, what happened to them? Why did they quit doing that unrighteous behavior? Well, here's what happened, friend. They began to reveal the evidence of the new life they received. That's what happens in a Christian's life. They begin to reveal the evidence of the new life they received from Jesus Christ. That's what we need to be doing is walking in the righteousness of God. We're not saved because we are righteous. But we are certainly saved, listen, to be righteous. Right? God wants us to be righteous. I mean, that's the only way we're really going to influence a lost, perverse, and corrupt generation. God calls us to walk in the righteousness of God. So if you're honest, friend, are you walking with God by faith in Jesus Christ and Him alone? And furthermore, are you showing it? Are you showing it? By striving to walk in the righteousness of God. Sorry, we're not done yet. It gets more difficult. Because the third question is this. Am I walking with God in love? Am I walking with God in love? Back to 1 John. Either or John says in chapter 4 verse 7. Beloved, let us love one another for love is of God and everyone who loves is born of God 
and knows God. He who does not love does not know God, for God is love. In this, the love of God was manifested toward us, that God sent his only begotten son into the world that we might live, that we might walk with God through him. In this is love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation, to be the payment for sin. The only payment that truly satisfies our sin debt, to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. Did you notice the sequence of events in that passage? In verse 7, the Bible says that love is of God. And then verse 8 says, but God is love. Verse 9 and 10 says, this is the love of God. Not only that he loved us, but that he sent his son to be the propitiation, to be the payment for our sins. And then in verse 19, he says, we love him because he first loved us. You see, had God not taken the initiative, had he not taken the initiative and loved us first, we wouldn't have a clue how to love him. We wouldn't have a clue how to love one another. But he did take the initiative. And then we see the pinnacle of this passage coming to pass in verse 11 where the Bible says, Beloved, since God loved us, we also ought to love one another. The high calling on your life, my friend, is learning how to love one another. Furthermore, if anybody says that they are a Christian, but they don't love their Christian brothers and sisters, can I tell you they are living a lie? Brother Bill, how can you make such a claim? I can make such a claim because of verse 20. Either or John says, if someone says, I love God, but hates his brother, he's a liar. That's in your grill right there, friend. Amen. So if you're going to love God, you've got to love one another. And friends, that means that even if I'm hard to love, you've got to love me still. It doesn't say that every Christian is easy to love because they're not. But what it does say is that even though they may be hard to love, we've still got to love them. And if you're able to bring yourself to that point where you're able to love others in spite of how hard they are to love, you know what you're doing? You're proving to yourself and you're proving to others, you're proving to God that you are born of God. And furthermore, you're proving that you're walking with God. Because either or John said, if you don't love others, you're not born of God. And so we need to make sure that we're asking these hard questions. Am I walking with God by faith in Jesus Christ and Him alone? Am I showing that I am walking with God by walking in the righteousness of God? And am I revealing my walk with God by loving other people? You can't be born of God and not love other people. You can't be born of God and not walk in the righteousness of God. You can't be born of God and not have faith in Jesus Christ. But there's another question. And that is, 
Am I walking with God in victory? See, God wants us to have victory in these lives, in this life. In 1 John chapter 5, verse 4, either or John says, whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. You see, you get victory in your Christian life when you begin to rise above, when you routinely rise above the pressures and the temptations and the sins of this world. When you start to see yourself doing that, you know that you're beginning to walk in Christian victory. You see, friend, as Christians, every single one of us should get to the point where we are fed up. We should get to the point where we are fed up with the way that most of this world lives. And should declare with our voice that we are not going to live that way. We're going to live in victory over that way. I believe that over time, we should get to the point where things that we used to struggle with and people that we used to argue with, they just don't present that much of a problem anymore. Because we're walking in victory. Friends, that is the evidence of being born of God. You walk in victory over these things. I mean, if the one in us is greater than the one who is in the world, then that means we ought to be walking in victory over sin and over temptation. Would you agree with that? Amen. And listen, if on occasion you falter, if on occasion you lose a battle, can I tell you, you can go directly to the Lord and you can ask him for greater strength for the next time that you face that very same temptation. That, friend, in and of itself, proves that you don't want to be overcome, but that you want to overcome every, every temptation and every sin that besets you in this life. See, a person walking with God in victory, really, they're just wanting to, to fall in love with Jesus. Person walking in victory really is just focused on pleasing Jesus. He's not focused on the evil of this world. He's not focused on the temptations of this world. No, he's focused on his Jesus. Why? Because he's born of God. He's born of God. And he's walking in victory. So friend, are you walking with God by faith in Jesus Christ? Are you showing it? That you're walking with God by walking in the righteousness of God? Friend, are you revealing your walk with God by how you love other people? Are you walking with God in victory over sin? Or, if you're honest, are you just walking in sin? Conclusion of John chapter 5. Either or John. One or the other. Either or John says this. We know that whoever is born of God does not sin. What? We know that whoever is born of God does not sin, but he who has been born of God keeps himself, guards himself from the wicked one who does not touch him. Now, before you have a conniption 
And before you get all bent out of shape saying, wait a minute, I know a whole bunch of Christians and every single one of them sin. Are they not born of God? Well, before you get to that place, you need to know here that John is not implying that Christians never sin. He's not implying that Christians never sin, but he is saying that Christians don't live a lifestyle of sin. Somebody say amen. Christians don't sin and keep on sinning. Christians don't live a life characterized by sinful behavior. Christians are not sinless, but they should certainly sin less. Somebody say amen. Why should they sin less? Because the Christian belongs to God, not Satan. The Christian belongs to God, not this world. The Christian belongs to God. And any Christian who claims to be born of God, any Christian who claims that they belong to God, but yet they sin and they don't, uh, they're not convicted that it's sin, Listen, y'all, they got a problem. Any Christian who sins, but they're not sorry or regretful, they got a problem. And I'll also say right here, there's a huge difference between a Christian who sins unintentionally and is very sorry for it, and one who sins intentionally and could care less. See, Christians react very quickly when they sin. Christians react very quickly. They immediately go to God. They immediately ask for forgiveness. And they express their sorrow for the pain that they caused not only God, but perhaps somebody else in the process. So when John talks about sin and the believer, what he's saying is the Christian doesn't sin, not that a Christian does not sin, he does not make sin an ongoing practice. He may sin occasionally, but he is not going to allow that sin to be a continual activity. However, if we're honest, we all know a backslidden Christian, don't we? We all know about that professing believer who is living counter to God's word. We know that believer who thinks he's going to heaven, but he's not living the way God wants him to live. He's doing a whole lot of saying, but he ain't doing much doing. To me, I think that scripture is teaching us today that if a person is truly born of God, if they're truly born of God, they will be absolutely miserable in a sinful condition. A backslidden Christian, if he's not miserable in his sinful condition, is probably providing some evidence that he was never saved to begin with. You can't be joyful 
as a Christian and live in sin. They don't go together. John said either or. It's one or the other. It's black or white. And there's no gray area. So how did you answer those five questions from John? How did you answer those questions about your walk, my walk with God? Are you walking with God by faith in Jesus Christ and him alone? Are you walking with God, showing that you're walking with God by walking in righteousness, the righteousness of God? Friend, are you walking with God, revealing that walk with God by how you love other people? Are you walking with God in victory over sin? Or have you just kind of given up the ghost and just be walking in sin? If you're just walking in sin, can I tell you, it's impossible to walk with God. You can't walk with God or walk as a, a believer claiming to be born of God and be walking in sin at the same time. So if you answered all of those questions incorrectly, I want to tell you that today is a remarkable day for a course correction. This is the time of our worship service where you can come and pray. You can come and pray and seek the Lord and determine if you're really His or not. This is the time of the service where you can come and pray and you can find out if you're truly born of God. Now, if you answered one or more of these questions incorrectly, I got to tell you that your walk with God is not everything that it could be. And so, for that reason, I want to invite you to come and pray. To come and to pray and to ask God for those insights into those areas so that you and everybody else can see the evidence of your walk with God. And even if you answered all five of those questions correctly, I'm inviting you today to come and pray. To come and pray. And give thanks to God for his incredible matchless grace on your life. And asking him to help you become all that you can be in 2023. Now, as you may have noticed, today's decision time is all inclusive. Decision time is all inclusive. And I'm inviting you to come and pray. All of you to come and pray with me so that we will get real with the Lord 
And so that we will evaluate our walk with God in the coming year. This altar is going to be open. You can sit on the front pew. You can sit on the step. You can kneel however you choose to do it. But no matter how you answer those questions, I think we would all agree that we all need to come and pray. Let's do that. Let me pray for you. Our Father in heaven, the word of God has touched some very sensitive areas in our lives today. But Lord, we want to be clear. We want to reveal to the world that we live in. We want to reveal to our families that we are born of God. Lord, we want to reveal that walk with God by faith in Christ, showing it by how we walk in the righteousness of God, revealing it by how we love others, walking with you so that we can walk in victory over sin and not walk in sin. So, Father, as we all come and pray today, I ask you, Lord, to hear the voices of your people as we come to this place, as we come to this altar, and ask you to show us how we can be more useful in your hands in the coming year. And all God's people said, Let's all stand. Let's sing.